Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're tuned in to KOYT Coyote Radio, 96.3 on your dial, and you've come to your local source for your fishing reports and information. My name's Dave Dolan, and this is the Castaway Show. I hope to bring you the latest information on local and maybe some not-so-local fishing to help improve your time on the water. I'd like to hear from you out there, too. You know, you can contact email us at programming963koyt.org. That's programming, P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-I-N-G, 963-K-O-Y-T.org. Like to hear from you. If you have any fish stories or maybe you'd like to come in and talk fishing with me sometime, contact us there at K-O-Y-T. So if you're a fisherman, a wannabe fisherman, or maybe if you just enjoy time on the outdoors and on the water, this is the show for you, the Castaway Show. Okay, anglers, we'll go right into our fishing reports. You know, we've had a couple winter storms blow through lately, and that's kind of changed things around on the freshwater scene. We've definitely had a shift to trout fishing out on the water here locally. I'd like to say a little bit about the trout fishing before I talk about where they're catching them all. You know, there's been some cutbacks in the Department of Fish and Wildlife in their trout stocking programs, and it's been a little meager lately the last couple seasons because of budget cutbacks. We see a lot fewer stockings, and sometimes the fish are a whole lot smaller. But fortunately, we've had the private sector step in to stock our local lakes. We've got new strains of trout. They're called the Nebraska Tailwalkers, the Mount Lassen Fish Hatchery, Jess Ranch, and also the Desert Springs Hatchery up in Oregon. They've stepped in, and they're really doing some quality trout plants. I know that they have several trout that have been caught over 10 pounds, several in the 5 to 9 pound range. And I want to tell you about these bigger trout also. It used to be when they would put a big trout in the water, stocking them, it would be something that's been sitting in a hatchery cement pond for a long time, something ready to die. Well, I've seen some of these big trout and they're not like that anymore. These are some really good quality fish that they're putting in there. I've seen them when they're clean, they almost look like salmon. So, Fortunately, we've had these private hatcheries have stepped in and really have helped out where there have been the cutbacks in the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Just an example of what's been going on in the stocking program here lately. Down in northern San Diego County, Lake Dixon, this last week received a plant of 4,500 pounds of trout. Down the hill from us at Diamond Valley Lake, they've just received a stocking of 3,500 pounds. And then Lake Wolford down in San Diego County in the Escondido area, they're opening up their trout season soon. And on December 10th, they're scheduled to get a stocking of 6,000 pounds of trout. Now that's a lot of fish. And I know that things are going to really pick up and be good down there for the fishing. Also just down the hill from us, Lake Skinner, they had a trout plant on November 30th. That's picked up the trout fishing down there. And of course, those striped bass like the trout too, so that's picked up the striped bass fishing. Just over the hill from us at Lake Hemet, they just received a much-needed trout stocking from the Department of Fish and Wildlife. That's really helped them out quite a bit because it's been a long time since they've had any trout put in down there. Down at Diamond Valley Lake, they're also still catching striped bass on the troll. They've been catching catfish up to 11 pounds. Then also down at Lake Paris, the 
best action down there right now. They've been getting, excuse me, catching some big carp up to 18 pounds. So also in northern San Diego County, a real favorite of mine, Lake Cuyamaca, they've had some good trout stalking and they're doing quite well on the trout using this old standards like power bait. Then at Lake Dixon, where they received the large stalking of, of uh, 4,500 pounds of trout, they also had over 10, three trout over 10 pounds were caught down there. So, so folks, we got some really good trout fishing down there right now, and it's the trout fishing season with this cooler water temperatures. On the saltwater scene, I talked about it on the last show that there are still some unbelievable tuna fishing off the San Diego coast. Just last week, the week of uh, Thanksgiving, there was a day and a half boat that went out of Oceanside. They went out in some pretty tough conditions. This was not water you'd want to send any novices out in. It was pretty rough out there. But they went out to the Tanner Bank where there's still some large bluefin tuna hanging in there. Their catch, they caught over, they caught 49 bluefin tuna. 29 of them were over 100 pounds. Now this is just unbelievable fishing to have almost any time of year, but here in November, going into December, they're still making catches like that. They're mainly getting these on live squid down deep, and I think as long as the squid are hanging in, the fish will probably hang in there too. But with these winter storms like we just had, and with the, the lesser amount of people going out there, I am looking for those catchings to probably go down a little bit. You've got to have coverage on tuna to have a lot of boats going out there to find them, and they just may not be having the crowds yet. Also, they do have some rough water out there. When these storms come down, it can get pretty bouncy out there, and I do know on these offshore banks, there's no place to hide if the water gets rough. Also out of San Diego, they're moving into the long-range season on the tuna fishing. Several of the long-range boats have gone out, and... They're doing quite well on the cow tuna. They've been landing several over 200 pounds. But these are the longer range trips, anywhere from 10 to 15 days long. They're really not something for the novice. There's quite a few professional types that go out on these trips, but this is where you get the big ones, and that season is kicking in pretty good right now. Then other than that, out of San Diego, we're probably pretty much just looking at the rock cod fishing, which is good quality eating fish that you get off the bottom. But that's pretty much what they're getting right now. So, folks, there's still a lot of fishing to do out there. You know, we've gone into the trout season, and there's still some ocean fishing to be had out there. So, don't put away those rods yet. We still have stuff to do out there on the water. Well, anglers, we're starting to move into the Christmas season now, so I can't think of anything better to talk about than the gift for that angler in your family. Now, we all know there's a lot of rods, reels, lures, terminal tackle, things that fishermen just love to get. Now, my wife always tells me before I go to any of these tackle shows that, Dave, you've got enough. You don't need any more fishing tackle. Well, you know, I think that's just like women don't need any more shoes either. A guy always needs some more tackle. So what I'd like to talk about mainly right now is probably the ultimate gift for an angler would be a new fishing reel. Now, there's a lot of different models of reels out there. We got Shimano, Pin, Avid, Daiwa, Akuma. Now these are all good quality reels. I'm not going to say to buy one over the other. I have my personal preferences, but we all do on that. But as long as you're getting something of a quality brand name like this, you really can't go wrong. 
Now, I also want to tell you, you want to use whatever works for you. Now, if you've got an old reel that you've been using for a long time, you've caught a lot of fish on it, I'm not telling you to buy something else because new reels can be quite expensive. Just for example, I once went to a tournament fishing down in Southern Baja when I was really kind of a novice at it. In fact, it was the first time I ever went down to the lower, lower end of Baja fishing. I went down there, I had a $50 fishing reel. There were guys down there, they were real Baja professionals. They had tackle you wouldn't believe. I mean, just the really top of the line stuff. Well, guess who won the tournament with their $50 reel? I won it. That fish doesn't know what's on the other end of it. I also, one time, using one of my older reels a few years back, it's probably about a 30-year-old fishing reel. Well, I caught a 205-pound marlin on that reel, and it worked just fine for me. But I will say that with the newer generation of reels right now, it's going to make your fishing a lot easier on you. You know, the reels out, here, out there today, these are not your dad's fishing reels. It's almost like comparing a rotary phone to a cell phone today. The old rotary phone will get the job done, but look at what we have out there today. I think the biggest advantage in your new fishing reels would be the weight of the fishing reels and also the advent of two-speed fishing reels. Now, I mentioned about that 30-year-old reel, reel I used to catch that 205-pound marlin. You know, that reel weighed probably about five and a half pounds. Now, that may not seem like a lot to you, but you put that reel on, a, on your rod, carrying that thing around all day, it gets really tiring doing that. Well, I'll tell you right now, with these new generation of fishing reels, we've got reels the size of bass reels that we used to use for freshwater bass fishing. People are catching 100-pound tuna on these reels right now. So just the advent of the lighter weight reels makes it so much easier on your fishing there. Also, the casting ability of these lightweight reels, the spool is so light, you can cast so much easier using these reels. Also, another really great advantage I really love is that we now have the two-speed fishing reels out there. These reels, they have both the high range and the low range on them. All you do is you push a button on the side and you can go from a fast retrieve to having the low range where you can just crank up a larger fish really a lot easier. I know the advantage is like when you're using uh, jigs or something where you need the fast retrieve, you've got that in the reel, but then when you got the big fish down deep, I know I'll use an example when you got a big tuna on and they're doing that, they call it the circle of death when they're just straight down below you, you see them, they don't want to come up. All you got to do is push that button on the side of the reel and you've got the low speed and it makes it so much easier to crank them up. So also, we have a new generation of spinning reels out there. It used to be if you were on a saltwater trip out there fishing for bigger fish, bigger tuna, yellowtail, if you brought a spinning reel onto the boat, people would probably stare at you and maybe laugh and like, what's he doing out there with that reel? Well, now this new generation of spinning reels, these reels are capable of catching tuna up to 50 pounds. They're really good quality and you can now use the spinning reel on the larger fish. The one thing I really like about the spinning reels is the casting ability. No matter how good you are with a conventional reel, you're going to be able to cast a whole lot better with a spinning reel. That's just the nature of, of the way they're built. 
And sometimes when you're using small bait like the small anchovies or if you've got to get out there a ways, the spinning reel definitely does have its advantage. Now I wouldn't want to go on a long range fishing trip trying to catch 200 pound tuna on these spinning reels, but they do have their niche in the market of fish maybe up to 40 and 50 pounds. Now if you get one of these new reels, there's also a new product that we're using out there. It's actually been out there for a while, but it really helps out a lot. That is using spectra on your, on your reel instead of the monofilament. Now, we all grew up using monofilament. It's really good, and I like using it as a top shot on my spectra. But the biggest advantage on spectra is the line diameter. The spectra reel, excuse me, the spectra line, you can be using 100-pound test line spectra. It'll only have the diameter of maybe 15-pound monofilament. The two big advantages of that is you can get a whole lot more line on your reel, so you've got a whole lot more capacity there. And also, just imagine when you're bait fishing, maybe with a small a, a sardine or anchovy, imagine that small little bait pulling 100-pound monofilament through the water that's really heavy. That's a lot of resistance on it, and that bait's not going to swim very naturally. Compare that to using that same 100-pound spectra, which is smaller diameter, lighter weight, that fish is going to swim a whole lot more natural, and it's going to mean a whole lot more bites for you. There are a couple disadvantages with spectra. There's absolutely no give to spectra like you have monofilament. So if you're using nothing but spectra, and maybe a short top shot of fluorocarbon, it's going to beat you up a little bit. There's not going to be any give to that line, and it can be really rough on you with having a larger fish. So what I like to do to remedy that is I use a top shot of monofilament. I use a top shot that's about as long as I can cast, and that way I have that shock absorption of the monofilament, but then the backing of the spectra, I've still got the large line capacity. And also one other disadvantage of spectra is its cost. It is expensive, it can cost you $60, $70 to fill up your reel, but the advantage of that, Spectra is just about a forever line. You put it on there, you don't have to worry about changing that. All you have to do is change your top shots of monofilament. And that Spectra, it's gonna be good for you probably about as long as you own that reel. So anyhow, there's a lot of ideas out there you can do to buy for your angler and your family. You, there's a lot of different types of tackle you can buy. There's always lures, terminal tackle, line sinkers. But if you get all that, another really low, a good thing you can do for them is buy them a new tackle box to put all the new equipment into. So, so anyhow, I would suggest when you go out to buy your fishing equipment, wherever that angler likes to go fishing, I'd go to somewhere in that area, patronize a local store in that area, where they like to go fishing, and chances are the person working in that store is going to have a lot of local knowledge about just what that angler may need. So I hope I've given you a lot of ideas for Christmas here, and if you have any questions about it, please contact us here at the, at the radio station. I can fill you in on some more details. So anyhow, with these ideas, I hope you give a very Merry Christmas to that angler in your family. Well, okay, anglers. In my last show, I talked about my second favorite topic, and that is how to cook your fish. 
I gave a, a recipe for ceviche last time. I told you it is something I usually do around the holidays. It makes a great appetizer. It did around our Thanksgiving dinner here. Well, I have another recipe here that I always do for our Christmas family get-togethers, and that's my smoked fish. My favorite fish to smoke is probably either tuna or yellowtail, but I caught some salmon, excuse me, salmon up in Alaska this last summer. I plan on doing that too. Well, anyhow, smoking fish, there's kind of a basic recipe I like to use for it. The first thing you want to do is you want to brine your fish. What I always do the night before I'm going to smoke it, I get some large containers, water in it. A lot of people, when they brine, they like to use just salt. Well, I use salt, but instead of going overboard on the salt, I like to maybe put in there some teriyaki, some soy, or some mesquite seasoning. Now, these ingredients have quite a bit of salt in it anyway, but I find that I like having that taste in there other than just a lot of salt. So after I soak it all night long, the next morning before I put it into my smoker, I like to get those fillets of fish and I get some coarse raw brown sugar and I, you know, not too much, but I like to kind of coat it a little bit with that sugar for a little bit of sweetness to it. Then my favorite is also using some garlic pepper on it. So I sprinkle the garlic pepper on there and at that point it's ready to put on the smoking racks. My preference for smoking is to use mesquite, but a lot of people like hickory, some people like the sweetness of like an apple or a cherry wood. They all work really well, just my favorite has always been the mesquite. Now one thing to remember when you're smoking your fish, a big mistake I was making for quite a while there, is I was really smoking my fish too long. Now people really liked it and it was tasty, but it was really chewy. And what I was really doing is I was making fish jerky. So a good uh, chef friend of mine told me that what I really need to do is only smoke it long enough to kind of give the fish a texture of almost like ham inside. So I've done that, I've decreased my smoking time, but what that does, it still gets the really good smoke flavor, but it's not just chewy fish jerky. So I've had a lot of compliments on it since I went to the less time on smoking, but if you like fish jerky, that works too if you want to leave it in that smoker a little longer. So try this smoke recipe. There's a lot of commercial grade smokers you can buy out there, but there's a lot of ways you can do it too. I've seen people use gutted out refrigerators in there with a little heating pan on the bottom. Just something that will get that good smoked flavor in there. And I can assure you, good smoked fish, it'll go really quick around your holiday get-togethers. Well, okay, anglers, I've enjoyed bringing this show to you. I know I went through a lot of technical jargon on the fishing reels and all. If you'd like to speak to me and get more detailed information on that, please feel free to contact us at programming963koyt.org. Also, if there's any fishermen out there that would just like to talk some fishing, I'd sure like to meet you too. Now, I grew up and I lived my whole life in the San Diego area, and I've got a lot of fishing buddies down there. We still go out a lot, but um, I'd like to meet some fishermen up here, too, that would like to maybe do a little local fishing or maybe do a saltwater trip at some point. Or if you'd just like to come into the radio station here and talk a little fishing with me, too, I'd love to do that. So, once again, contact us at programming. 963koyt.org and let's hook up together on some fishing talk. So until my next episode of the Castaway Show, keep those drags tight and hook them up and pull in a big one.